At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvare. Very special Monday. Happy 4th of July, if that's something you celebrate. And I just thought that I would make this show very patriotic by uh, doing a couple things that I find to be very American. One of which, of course, America's pastime, baseball, which is slowly dying. But maybe baseball betting will bring it back. We're here to try to bring it back. Uh, the Dodgers, of course, and the Angels will talk about. And also a uh, hot or not list because there's nothing more American than giving your opinion on something that nobody really asked for. That's also very uh, popular on Twitter as well. So you can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Danielle Avari, if you're interested in that kind of thing or want to see whenever there's new episodes of the Los Angeles City cast. Uh, before we get into today's show, oh, and of course, also WNBA Monday and Tuesday preview. Only one game on Monday and two on Tuesday. We have a great bevy of games on Wednesday and Thursday. Hopefully we'll have a great guest for that as well, lining that up for you guys. And then we have the All-Star game coming up next Sunday. So a little bit sad that we're going to have some time off there, but excited to bet on that All-Star game. Before we get into today's show, though, and look at the local Los Angeles lines, just quick note, if anybody saw this OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., a tweet about his ACL, he basically tweeted out, crazy thought, crazy with a K, should we make that a thing? Crazy with a K. Should that be a thing? Anyways, crazy thought. Really played the whole back half of the season without an ACL and won a Super Bowl. God doesn't miss, I swear. That is tight. That is tight, my guy. Also, uh, without an ACL. Mm, some people quick to point out uh, he has an ACL. It was just torn. Uh, but you don't know. You don't know about his body. But yes, most likely he has an ACL. But his point was uh, taken. You know what he meant. 
But, of course, causing speculation with the whole back half of the season part, people assuming, like, at what point did he hurt this? Because we saw him in the Super Bowl, and that was the game he finally left, and I guess it finally just hit the wall. Uh, he honestly was on the way to potentially winning Super Bowl MVP in that. Two passes for 52 yards and a touchdown prior to that injury. And, surprisingly enough, still one of the top free agents available. Of course, the Rams have expressed explicit interest in re-signing him, and he's expressed a desire to stay in L.A. Who doesn't want to stay in L.A.? But so far, two sides haven't been able to come to a terms on an extension yet. And just to jog your memory, the time that he joined the Rams midway through the season, or just really passed, he caught 27 passes on 48 targets for 305 yards in his eight games with the Rams last season. So yeah, just about halfway. So yeah, of course it raises the question, when did he tear his ACL? But uh, I'm all for patting yourself on the back when it's deserved. So sure, sure. Like I said, hot or not list coming up today. We'll talk Dodgers, Angels. My God, the Angels. Just the wheels are falling off. And of course, WNBA. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. So let's start with the Rams odds. Uh, at NFC West odds for the Rams right now to win the NFC West, plus 125. The Niners are plus 160. Cardinals plus 375. And the Seahawks at 20 to 1. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the Rams still obviously a top five candidate to win the uh, whole thing as well. And you can also take a look at some of their upcoming games. So starting, of course, with Bills and Rams, this is at one and a half now. So Bills minus one and a half uh, for this September 8th game. And that's a little disappointing because this was at one for a while. And I know that when I talked with Will Hill, the legend host of the New York City cast, we talked about possibly putting this into a teaser, a six-point teaser. Uh, now you've missed that one, and so that does make things a bit more difficult, but not impossible. So there you have it, one and a half now as the number, and the total, 52 for this one. Also pretty split on the money line, so you could go either way on the money line for this one as well. Uh, then, of course... We take a look at the Chargers. I feel like I, I, I ignore the Chargers, and it's just because I feel like they're, like, biding their time, sitting calmly, waiting in the wings to attack. So I keep ignoring the Chargers, and I shouldn't because they definitely should not be ignored this season. Uh, as far as the Chargers' odds are concerned, to win the AFC West for them, plus 225 behind the Kansas City Chiefs, plus 170, which is interesting also because the Chiefs, I mean, it just came out on sharp football analysis, which... I will dive a little bit more into in a little bit here that the Chiefs have the hardest schedule and they did have one of the hardest schedules last year as well. And that, of course, is something you would factor into, say, betting a win total. And that's actually where the analysis comes from. But the Chiefs have the hardest schedule. They're sitting at plus 170, Chargers at plus 225. I'm riding the Justin Herbert train. Who's not? He's so fun to watch. I hope we're in for another great season with him. And then, of course, uh, September 11th. Raiders at Chargers, the Chargers minus three and a half here, total for this one at 52. So high scoring total there, just like for the Rams game, interestingly enough. If we take a look now at the Dodgers, who are actually in action Monday, hosting the Rockies for three days, Monday through Wednesday. The Rockies plus 240 on the money line, the Dodgers minus 295. As far as the run line, the Dodgers uh, laying one and a half runs is minus 136. The Rockies getting one and a half runs, plus 108. And the total for this one at eight and a half. The totals have been so squirrely for the Dodgers games lately because uh, you'll see some as low as seven and a half and then all the way up to 11 and a half on any given night. And here we're seeing an eight and a half. So interestingly enough, and uh, if we take a look at their National League odds right now, plus 240 to win the National League. 
minus 305 to win the National League West. The Padres at 3-1. to one. The Giants at 12-1. to one. You think there's any play on the Padres or Giants? You're certainly getting the value now. And as far as the World Series odds go, the Dodgers now plus 450. The Yankees 4-1. to one. Which is interesting because we talked about how they were sitting even just but last week. I believe both at 425 or so. And now just Yankees edging them out ever so slightly. As for the Angels, fortunately, fortunately for all of us, not back in action until Tuesday. Because it's getting painful. It's getting painful to watch. I, I don't... Let's just look at the odds. American League West odds for the Angels, 25 to 1. Yeah, no. Uh... I believe getting completely swept by the Astros is not going to help that case. The Astros minus 5,000 for that at Bet Rivers. As for the American League overall, 40 to 1. 40 to 1. And their World Series odds, imagine. Imagine. Let's just do it for fun. 85 to 1. So that is where the Angels are sitting at. And back in action uh, with the Mariners on Tuesday. So at least they get this Monday off to maybe try to get their head right here. I, I don't know what to say for this Angels organization at this point. It's been nothing but a dumpster fire, and it's such a steep drop-off from how they started the season. It's really, really tough to see. If you want some WNBA odds, I know you do. I know you do. Let's take a look at the MVP odds up at Bet Rivers right now. Asia Wilson of the Aces at minus 134, which is interesting because, again, she's on that team where that starting five is all fire. Now, unfortunately, that's starting to hit a wall. We're coming up on that midpoint of the season, and the Aces – starting to wear a bit thin but they're on that team with that crazy starting five where maybe they can kind of steal votes from each other if you will asia wilson minus 134 brianna stewart of the storm four to one listen if the storm are winning it it's going to be through brianna stewart so four to one there it is kelsey plum of the aces again same situation as asia wilson perhaps six to one she's been playing incredibly john quill jones of the sun 14 to one wouldn't play it sabrina ionescu of the liberty 16 to one now that's interesting, but no. Arike Ogunbowale, 16 to 1 as well from the Dallas Wings. Skylar Diggins Smith, who's, um, did we talk? I, I, we didn't talk about this yet on the pod. Just, and I don't want to blow it up because, but I do because it was so funny. Uh, but Skylar Diggins Smith, if you missed it, uh, quote retweeted a video of her coach, uh, Coach Nygaard, talking about the All Star game. And unfortunately, on social media, only clips are played of things, and so we often miss the nuance, the subtext, the other things that were said at the conference. But there was a clip going around of the coach talking about how Diana Trossi was not selected for the All-Star team and how it wasn't an all there would be a game in Chicago, but it wouldn't be an All-Star game because Diana Trossi wasn't playing in it. There's better ways to say it. As somebody who has to speak into a microphone for a living, I understand how sucky it is to say something incorrectly and how easy it is, especially these coaches who are doing press conferences all the time. Uh, but it's unfortunate because people print the things you say or post them online. And with that, Skylar Diggins-Smith uh, quote retweeted it with just one reply. It was just one single emoji. It was a clown emoji. And I gasped. I guess we collectively guessed the replies in it were hilarious. I believe the tweet's still up. And that was the other hilarious part. People were waiting for it to be taken down and it wasn't. But the clown emoji of your own coach, yikes. Skylar Diggins-Smith, of course, was selected for the All-Star team. And the coach and Coach Nygaard did talk about that and congratulated her in a, in a different moment of that presser. Uh, but that was not what was circulating. And yeah, maybe not the best choice words, but she apologized for it. She said they addressed it in the locker room and we're moving forward. Okay. Excellent. Elena Deladon, by the way, if you think the Mystics are going to win it all, 30 to 1. 
Why am I so hot on the Mystics? We'll find out later in the show. Let's get into the hot or not list. But before we do that, it's Wimbledon week, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your go-to sportsbook for all tennis-related betting through July 4th. So that is Monday, of course. You can place a $25 wager on Wimbledon at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook for a free $10 Bet Rivers live bet to use on any Wimbledon match. Just log into the Bet Rivers app, and now you can even live stream tennis matches right from Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. How easy is that? You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook, of course. Now then, hot or not list, because I'm an American and, you know, I'm going to tell you what I think about things, whether you want to know or not. I guess you are listening to the podcast. So you came here for it. Let's start with something on the hot list here. And this, I went back and forth. Was it hot or was it not? Because it depends on how you look at it. But the Rams schedule. So I talked about sharp football analysis, uh, breaking down strength of schedule based on projected win totals. And... It looks like the Rams have the second hardest strength of schedule for the 2022 NFL season, only behind the Chiefs. And this is interesting because if you are interested in betting these win totals, first of all, the sportsbooks are more interested than ever to get you to bet these earlier and earlier to lock up your money much earlier as well, by the way. You could lock it up as early as nine months before it actually cashes, but maybe you get the best value by doing it that way. I am not that far ahead of a forward thinker, but you can be. So if that's something you're interested in, always, of course, wanting to find the best time to get in on those. Um, interestingly enough, as noted in Sharp Football Analysis' report, of the 10 NFL teams that actually had the hardest 2021 schedules, only three of them went over their projected win total because they had the hardest schedules. Those were the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Raiders. And then, uh, consequently, of course, of the NFL teams, 10 of them that have the easiest 2021 schedules, only three, so just like the hardest, only three went under their projected win totals, which was the Bills, the Broncos, and the Browns. So there is a little bit of something to that, a little bit of analysis, if you will. But the Rams, uh, second hardest strength of schedule for the 2022 NFL season, at least per sharp football analysis, based on those projected win totals. I put this on the hot list because I like a challenge. I was thinking about that you know, moment in Legally Blonde where she changes her answer and she's like, you know what? I changed my mind. I would pick this one because I'm not afraid of a challenge. And uh, I think that's how the Rams should look at this season and hopefully Rams fans as well. Uh, also on the hot list in terms of the Chargers, I told you I've been ignoring them. Let's not do that anymore. Brandon Staley and his wife are at Wimbledon. That's just kind of some news, but I think it's hot too because we know uh, multi-sport athletes are elite all right, so you know I love a Patrick Mahomes playing baseball and football, etc. And having varied interests is also going to land you on the hot list. So I appreciate that. Apparently, Staley, a big Nadal fan. So nice to see him out and about at uh, an event that was not football related. And yet it was hilarious because I believe the LA Times wrote an article on this. And I don't think the LA Times reporter was there to report like a on Brandon Staley being there. So somehow a tennis story turned into a football story. And again, isn't that so American? That would happen. What else? What else? The not list. The Angels. There's so many pieces and parts of the Angels on this not list. Where do I begin? Swept by the Astros. That's on the not list. And setting the kind of records you don't want to set. The Angels were swept in a three-game series through Sunday. And then also kind of, you know, set a record that you don't really want to set. The Angels hitters struck out 20 times against Astros pitchers, which is tying the record for the most in a nine-inning game in MLB history. Eighth team to reach that mark, and first since the Detroit Tigers 
on May 28th, 2019. You want to be in the same category as the Tigers for anything? No, you don't. That is very much on the not list. Uh, the Angels actually entered the game as the easiest lineup to strike out. 25.9% strikeout rate through their first 80 games. And I know what you're thinking. Maybe the top of the lineup was doing better. And that's fair to say. But even three-time MVP Mike Trout uh, had a tough time. Three games, he went 0 of 11 with nine strikeouts. What now? What, if you're an Angels fan, what if, if Mike Trout's not hitting the ball and Shohei Otani, I mean, no, Shohei's always going to do his thing. But what are you going for? What are you going to watch? It's tough. It's tough out there right now. And also on the not list, the bottom of the lineup. The bottom of the lineup. And there's a great article by The Athletic that you should check out if you want to read more about this. But just give you, you some basics here. Uh, on the not list, just the entire bottom of the lineup. Let's start with Andrew Velasquez. While he's an elite defensive shortstop, Batting just 167. Hasn't had more than one hit in a game since May 27th. He's nine for his last 85. Okay. Uh, he also was asked, poor thing, on last Saturday about his offense and how it was progressing. And he said, progressing? He said, I've been grinding. I've been grinding. It's like playoffs. Like, geez, I'm just trying. To <laughs> it's not progressing, basically, is what he's saying. Brandon Marsh also hitting 157 since the start of June. 31 strikeouts in his last 63 at-bats. That sounds bad. That sounds like about 50% of the time. Tyler Wade hitting 178 since the beginning of May. That's an on-base percentage of 466. Max Stasi since May 31st hitting 164 with zero home runs and four extra base hits. Okay. Uh, Kurt Suzuki, Matt Duffy, Monte Harris, and David McKinnon combined for nine extra base hits this season. That's... I mean, teamwork makes the dream work, I guess. And then Luis Rengifo uh, has gotten a little bit hot lately, but before that was 6 for 58. So the bottom of the lineup is just sinking this ship. And there's a lot of other fingers to be pointed at the Angels organization and where it is sinking. There's a lot of holes in the boat, if you will. But this is just brutal. It's just brutal to watch. Uh... Not on the hot or not side of things. I put this under tepid. I put this under tepid. The Angels trade with the Braves. They made a trade. Announced on Sunday night. Uh, Atlanta, obviously hottest team in baseball right now, it seems. I mean, maybe the Yankees. But they traded away one of their minor league pitchers. So the Angels acquired right-handed pitcher Tuki Toussaint from the Braves for cash considerations. Toussaint was optioned to AAA. And to make room for him on the 40-man roster, uh, infielder Jack Mayfield was designated for assignment. I know people had mixed feelings about this. Uh, I think the Angels have nothing to lose here, except for the cash, obviously. And if he doesn't pan out, they can DFA him as well. He could be a good pickup, but it does seem like we're just adding more inconsistency to the mix. So, tepid. Treading towards not. Also on the not list, the Dodgers in June, unfortunately. I'm not, no, because I'm not doing this. I'm not putting the Dodgers on the hot list because they had a winning month. They went 14 and 12 in June. No. No. Too talented. Too much bankroll on this roster for this to be happening. And not covering enough, frankly. This is a betting podcast after all. Uh, what is hot, though, I will say, the Dodgers pitching staff overcoming injury adversity. Okay, Huge in sports, especially as it pertains to our bets. Uh, and despite losing Walker Buehler and Andrew Haney to injuries, the Dodgers rotation has continued to step up in a lot of ways. Clayton Kershaw, of course, we cannot forget the rough start in Colorado he had. But 
otherwise been very reliable. Tyler Anderson, of course, having his breakout season, carrying that on. Mitch White came in, has filled out some role as well. I'm just going to say filled out a role. It's been decent. It's been nice. But for the most part, I mean, it's been Julio Urias and Tony Gonsolin who've had to carry the Dodgers this season. And that's should be a little bit worrisome. But you got to hand it out. You got to give it up to them. Uh, Urias and Gonsolin, by the way, have earned their first career All-Star Game bids. Five starts in June. Urias went 3-1 and one with a 2.2 ERA. He struck out 34 over 28 and two-third innings and held opposing hitters to 167 batting average. As for Tony Gonsolin, who I know was on Adam Burke, who is a great betting analyst over at VSIN, does a great job on the show The Run Line, which you can catch on Sunday's baseball betting show. Had him on his regression tracker last week in one of his articles on vcin.com. You can also check that out. And so that is something to keep an eye on, of course. But as it stands, Gonsolin in July or going into July, uh, he, what, pitched seven and two-thirds innings against the Padres on Friday? Uh, wasn't, wasn't bad. He posted a 1.24 ERA in five June starts. Is regression coming? Perhaps. But... We will see. Also on the hot list, Mookie Betts back. Who doesn't love Mookie Betts? And also still with a broken rib and yet went two for three with two doubles, two walks, two runs scored. This was in spite of the fact, of course, that his rib is still broken. This is, that's hot. That's on the hot list. If you can, I mean, here's the thing though. Here's, I, here's what I will say and hear this. I almost put this on the not list because you should not play when you're hurt, okay? And I know in sports culture, it's like, okay, yeah, Kobe shot the free throws with the torn Achilles. I know. Like, we're like, yeah, play through the pain. But, like, aren't we advancing ahead of that at this point, guys? Like, we want you to have long careers where you're healthy and there are championship or everything on the line situations where you want people to step up. And we don't like the players who are just like, mm, load management. And I get it. But baseball has so many games. It's such a long season. I mean, NBA too, but they're kind of, you know, that's a separate issue. I'm just, I almost going to put you on the not list for playing while your rib is still fractured. But he played so well that I'll put him on the hot list for that. So that's, that's how it works, right? You can just outperform everything else. That's it for the hot not list. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough to make these, but somebody has to do it. Let's take a look at the Dodgers game really quick. As I said, they're hosting the Rockies Monday through Wednesday. And real quick again with those odds for the Dodgers. Uh, no surprise here that they are heavy favorites. But how did it go for them last time when that was the case? We know that they don't always get up for the lesser opponents. Rockies plus 240 here. I'm not laying minus 295 with the Dodgers. Now Julio Rios is on the mound for them. And he is the pitcher who shorted up for them at the end of that series. Uh, the Rockies will have Kyle Freeland, who is a lefty. So two lefties in action here as far as the mound is concerned. And we know we've heard this probably, or you've heard this at least a couple times at this point, that the Dodgers don't always hit as well against left-handed pitchers. So I'm going to lean under here of the eight and a half, just with that in mind. And hope for the best is basically what I can say, because this Dodgers is really hard to bet here. Even the run line minus 136 for the Dodgers. Now I will say that these Dodgers games, as we know, tend to be multi-run differences in the scores. They're really high in covering the run line as it pertains to the rest of the league. But for whatever reason, don't always get up for the Rockies games. And so for me, this is a stay away. And if you're going to look anywhere, the Rockies plus 240 or under eight and a half is where I would go. 
As for the Angels, the Angels back in action on Tuesday, so let's give them some much-needed rest. 3.40 p.m. Pacific time here. Noah Syndergaard set to be on the mound versus Sandy Alcantara. And Noah Syndergaard right now, 3.86 ERA, 1.18 whip, going against Alcantara, who is 1.95 ERA and a .95 whip. I think that I'm going to look to the Marlins here because how can you look at the Angels right now? And it's hilarious because they actually have similar records. The Angels 37 and 44 and the Marlins 37 and 40. Now the Marlins do tend to do a little bit better at home, which they will be 9 and 16 at home. I think that the Angels are just sputtering right now. It's actually funny too because ESPN Analytics has the Marlins with a 69.2% chance of winning here. It's just tough times, tough times for the Angels. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if you saw an under in this game as well, just simply because of how much the Angels lineup has been struggling. Do you expect that to rebound? Could. It could. I mean, they they hit so poorly that it can't possibly be that bad again, can it? But, but couldn't it also? Uh, coming up. Let's get into WNBA Monday and Tuesday games. So Monday, just one game. Tuesday, we have two. We'll talk about that and more on the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet River Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide, log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook on Sunday. In case you missed it, the beloved Aces. I don't know if they're beloved, but they are one of the hottest teams in the WNBA. We've talked about them extensively since the start of the season. Even people who are not following it that closely go, are the Aces the team to beat? Of course, we look at the future odds and we understand why. We look at the talent. We see Becky Hammond. It's all very flashy and exciting, but the problem is the depth. And we've talked about that since the start of the season is that, hey, the starting five is incredible, but... Uh, What's the rest of the bench doing? If you look at the plus minus, not much, not anything good. No, not really. And it's starting to get to them now at this halfway point in the season. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Lynx, led by their fearless leader, Sylvia Fowles, who was out with a knee, uh, some kind of injury, and then managed to come back, is going to finish off supposedly her last season. I hope she doesn't do it, but I understand. It's, it's her last season, as far as we're concerned. They come out, and all of a sudden, they're rolling for these last couple games. It's unbelievable what the Lynx have been able to put together here. And it was, keep in mind, again, we're talking about wear and tear. It was the fourth road game in seven days for the Aces. But that's just their lack of bench depth coming home to roost here, right? Especially on defense. The Lynx beat the Aces on Sunday 102 to 71. Wanted to make sure I got that number right. Well over 30 points here. Well, not well over. Exactly one over. But one by 31. This is the team that's at the bottom of the league and has just been hitting its stride, just literally turned a corner, but two weeks ago, maybe. And the top team in the league, and they're blowing them out by 30. I mean, Becky did at one point just kind of let her foot off the gas. And there was kind of a sentiment expressed of, well, I guess I guess this is good because the starters will get some rest. Like, what? This starting five is incredible, but is this going to go the distance for the season for into playoffs? It's tough. It's tough to say. Uh, but the Lynx, as far as it's concerned, have covered seven of their last eight games. And now, uh, the Minnesota Lynx right now, 7-15 and 15 straight up. 
but 12 and 10 ATS, which is the second best ATS record in the league, only behind Washington. So the links have been rolling, just like we talked about last week. Love to see it. As far as how my bets have been going, rolling in some areas, completely sputtering, going backwards in other areas. Eight and two on my last 10 total WNBA bets, but 10 and 0 on my last. Uh, not total bets, excuse me, not like total bets I made, but bets on the total is what I meant there. So eight and two on my last 10 bets on totals. That's probably a better way to say it. And believe it or not, 10 and 0 on my last 10 live total bets. So I try to tweet these out whenever I can as quickly as I can so that people can jump on if they're interested. Of course, always like Use your own mental processes as well, or do whatever you want. I'm not your mom. But 10 and all my last 10 live total bets, that is my favorite way to bet. The NBA, the WNBA is live. See where there's lulls, see where there's discrepancies, see where there's a chance for things to either pick back up or slow back down. Another, I mean, example just of today's that I uh, did on Sunday was a Mystics game. I love a Mystics under. So the start of the game, the first half is going to be something around, oh, 80 plus points scored, 85, almost 90. I'm expecting the pace to slow down in the second half because the Mystics defense locks it up. And also the Mystics offense is not overly prolific either. So of course it depends on a case by case basis, but that's an example where I love to look for something where a team that's not particularly offense forward all of a sudden has a really explosive first half and can kind of get in on either an under or whatever the situation might call for. The other example, the other day, the Dream and the Liberty went into overtime, so that certainly helps. But I had the over pregame for that. And then I also took a live over because the total got down to 147.5, and, and I thought, who's playing defense in the second half? So it ended up going over, uh, even, I believe, before overtime, but both of those overs ended up hitting. So just looking for those kind of opportunities is what I would recommend. It's what I like to do. 10-0 and on my last live total bets. Take that for what it's worth. Because on the other side of things, you guys know I want to tell you when I'm failing as well. 2-8 and eight on my last 10 spread bets. That includes a first quarter bet. Who? Why? That's not. I, I don't know. But 2-8 and eight on my last 10 spread bets. Yikes. And it's funny because we have Daniel Mattia on the, on the show who does a great job with Spread the Floor, uh, which works from her hoop stats. So definitely check them out. But we've had Daniel Mattia on before and he's told me uh, that he's done really well in totals this season. The spreads have been a lot more difficult. So I'm just wondering if that's just a trend that's happening for all of us. WNBA betters out there. So feel free to tweet at me and let me know where you're at. But uh, the spreads, not so much for me. Live totals, chef's kiss, love it. And even pregame totals, eight and two in the last 10. We love it. Who's winning? Who's covering as far as the teams? Aces are at the top straight up, 15 and six. But the Chicago Sky, I mean, 15 and five right there with them. Connecticut's now 14 and seven. Seattle, 13 and eight. But Seattle, I hate him. I hate him as far as covering. I'm sorry. And it's funny because Miles Ehrlich, I believe, brought this up on the podcast a few weeks ago, WNBA writer, covers the New York Liberty, that Seattle's hashtag on Twitter is take cover. And they're second to last in covering. They're nine and 12 ATS this season. They're only in front of Indiana, who's seven and 15 ATS. So yeah, great. Congrats on your straight up record. But Really, really hard team to bet ATS. It's been a little bit better as of the last week or so, but even still, they just lost to the Dream. Straight up. What is that? As far as the Dream, by the way, I have not been giving the Dream their due. They're 10 and 11 straight up and 12 and 9 ATS. And I kind of treat this team like they're still that bottom two team with the Beaver like last season. And they're not. They're really sitting in the middle of the pack here. 12 and 9 ATS. I mean, that's 
third best ATS record in the league behind again, Minnesota and Washington right now with LA behind them at 11 and nine ATS and a bunch of the others in the mix around there covering about half 10 and 10, 11 and nine. So Atlanta not getting their due and maybe a little bit of value to be found there. I don't know if the books have uh, been missing this. I certainly have. It's interesting. Indiana, meanwhile, still just just setting up camp at the bottom. Five and seventeen straight up, and seven and fifteen ATS. As I mentioned, the Lynx have covered seven of their last eight. They've been hot. They've been rolling. I don't know. I think the books have caught up to it. Hello, but there's still opportunities to be found there. Again, I mentioned Daniel Mattia, great WNBA handicapper. He got in on the Lynx, I believe, money line and a bunch of other bets versus the Aces on Sunday, and we know how that went. Again, they won by thirty. So that was the second time they played in the same week. There was no reason for me necessarily from a talent standpoint to say that the aces couldn't cover again but from a depth from a season wear and tear and where the links are at right now mentally it made a lot of sense and i know that he went to that well the first game it didn't go well went back the second game i'm sure got even better value so if you got strong conviction go for it i'm always here to give you guys inspirational inspirational uh, little moments by the way the aces i believe haven't still covered what one in their last nine, is it? Terrible. And one of them was by, like, the hook, so just barely. Let's look at Monday's game. Mercury at the Sparks. Fourth of July game. The Mercury are actually laying one and a half here on the road at the Sparks. And the Sparks are, of course, playing a back-to-back game. As we mentioned, the Sparks uh, took down the Liberty on Sunday. That was unfortunate. I had Liberty plus four and over for that game. Neither of those hit. You hate to see it, but... It is what it is. The Sparks have been playing markedly better over the last couple games, kind of getting something together. But it's interesting because now they're facing this Mercury team that also was kind of trying to get it together, if you will. You've also got some value on the Mercury, it seems at least, in terms of they sit really low as far as straight up record here at 9-13. and 13, But they covered 10-11-1 ATS. So I think my point is that even though it's about 50-50 for them covering – you're getting better value on Phoenix because they're playing so poorly and losing games they shouldn't lose, or they were at least. I've kind of turned a corner here. That they're still a very talented team that can win and can cover on any given night. And that's just like one of those really dicey things. It's not something I love to bet on. And so for that reason, I'm probably not going to be playing Monday's game, she said, even though I knew full well I'm going to try to bet this live. Uh, total for this one at 165.5. That's just a touch too high for me to want to touch an over. And you could look to an under here, especially Sparks on a back-to-back. Uh, but I wouldn't touch it myself, personally. I think the Sparks can still get this done. I wouldn't take plus one and a half, of course. Instead, find some value on a money line for the Sparks to win this one. But these two teams just so volatile for me right now and just not something that I'm willing to look at especially because just complete lack of defense on both sides which would suggest this over but again 165 and a half maybe a touch too high for me to look for uh the Sparks game has also been going back and forth on those overs it's been over under over under same with Phoenix uh but I will say that LA has covered four straight and five of the last six that's that's impressive for this LA team and also as far as Phoenix is concerned they covered three straight versus Dallas versus the Fever and versus the Fever. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, And then played the Sky and just got whooped. But I don't know. I think that the Sparks should be favored here. It's interesting to see them not favored. I'm probably going to stay off. If anything, there'll be a live bet. And you can always follow me on Twitter if you want to follow along with the uh, 
the success and the heartache. Tuesday games, Storm at Fever, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Seattle, what is going on? Worst rebounding team in the league, by the way, which what? How? Tina Charles and Brianna Stewart? How is that? What's What are we doing? Also so funny, I cannot remember for the life of me where I saw it, but there was a tweet about, imagine, it might have been the Storm Chasers account, actually, which is a great resource if you like following the Seattle team. This is the LA City cast. I know that's not very helpful, but nevertheless. And they tweeted basically like, imagine like, oh, good, Brianna Stewart subbing out. And then you see that Tina Charles is coming in like, oh, dang it. Jesus. So hopefully they can rebound on the rebounding, if you will. But the fever, you guys heard me talk about them. Bottom of the league, especially at covering. Feisty team, love the baby fever. It was funny because I talk about Will Hill too, host of the New York City cast. And he tweet or he texted me on Friday and said, hey, I'm going to take fever plus 13 and a half. And I said, LOL, okay. <laughs> and then after the game, he said, oh, not my finest moment. And I get it. It's tempting with a feisty, young, talented offensive team like that to want to take double digit points, even getting almost up to 15 points. Yeah, why not? No, no, can't do it. Started doing it at the start of the season. There might have been some moments where teams are kind of getting their footing under them where there was opportunity. But now, no, not for me. The Storm better cover this. They're going to be coming off that loss to the Dream. Uh, again, I keep saying the Dream like they're like the 11th team. I don't give them the respect. I'm so sorry. Uh, but the Storm are not going to be happy about that. They'll come back off of this. They're on the road, so that perhaps helps the Fever here. And you'll have to, of course, watch their injury list as well. But, yeah, I think Seattle's going to get this done. And it's probably going to be a big line, not one that I'm going to want to lay for obvious reasons. Both these teams terrible at covering the spreads. So, yeah, maybe you put this in a parlay with the other game, which is Sun at Wings. So maybe you put Sun and Storm, you got to bet on the weather, apparently, to win Moneyline Parlay, perhaps, if that'll get you something like plus 100, perhaps. Here's why. Uh, Sun at Wings going on at 5 p.m. Pacific time on that game, on that day, by the way. The Sun... Can the real Sun team please stand up? My goodness. So they did end up beating the Mystics, which is... A very solid quality win here in overtime on Sunday, uh, 74 to 72. And I stared at this live bet. I, I knew I wanted the under, which I told you I grabbed the under on this one live and took that. And then I was staring at Connecticut plus five and a half when Washington was up by 15, I believe, at the half and thought, no way the sun get blown out. They're just, no. And I almost took it, and then I didn't. And then Connecticut ended up winning by two. So that's unfortunate. Nevertheless, it just shows you, I guess, my point of that that little anecdote was that I don't have a lot of faith in the Sun team right now to get it done, especially against solid competition. Now, they just played the Chicago Sky. They lost by 10. Uh, they did not cover. They've only covered once in their last five games. And... They're really just trying to figure out a lot of different little pieces. And it's kind of one of those things if they tighten up all of these little screws and these little issues, whether it's the turnovers, which they've started to kind of fix. Also, by the way, they did fix against the Sun, a game they still lost by nine. They had way less turnovers than that. Like the turnover ratio was not even close. And they still lost that game by 11. So there were other issues obviously at play here. Uh, one of them also just being with the Sun that even though the whole front court is on the all-star team, like, you're like, oh, wow, that's impressive. And it's like, oh, yeah, John Quill Jones was MVP last year. And, oh, they got most improved player and coach of the year, Kurt Miller. Uh, but just so inconsistent, especially Heidemann and Williams. And their three-point shooting, 
which is has to be a staple of this of this offense. Now, it doesn't have to be the only thing they do, but they have to at least do when they are going to shoot threes well. And it was so good to start the year. And now it's really, really trickled off. So they need to get a couple of these screws tightened up. And I think this team is capable of doing that. They're not like toss them out with the bathwater. But uh, there's just a lot of little pieces that are loose right now for the sun. After the wings, so wishy-washy. Up, down, here, there. Like, what are we doing? Uh, they haven't covered for three straight. They've only covered one of their last five. And we've been seeing a lot of unders after a real big string of overs for them. So they had like five straight overs and then four straight unders. And then their game versus LA finally went over. And that's really just a, a symptom probably, again, of LA's defense completely lacking and, and Dallas's as well. But we've been seeing a lot of unders in these games. And perhaps that's because their totals have been a little bit inflated. Um, also, based on the opponents, of course, as well. Um, their overs hit both times against the LA teams, but then against the Dream, who we know is a first-rated defense, went under. Against the Fever, it went under, so the Dallas defense did a good job of handling them. Against the Mercury, it went under, but again, that was just because the total was set so, so high. All of that to say, I'll be looking for the Sun to win this game, to cover this game. I think that we'll see a high-scoring game, if you can believe it. Uh, what that total will be set at will be the determinant, of course, but... If it's low enough, maybe it's worth looking at it over. And maybe you pair it in with the Storm money line. Something like that. Uh, we'll see. Either way, I hope you have a great 4th of July. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast as always. Hopefully, we'll have some great guests coming up for you this week uh, to, to discuss WNBA, MLB. And we're going to start getting into the NFL soon, too, if you can believe it. If you can believe it, it's that time. Thank you so much for listening. New shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Means I'll be back for more action on Wednesday. Have a safe 4th. And we'll see you back here on Wednesday for the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.